0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Lakemount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lakemount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7pm, and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week.
1: Is so everybody doing good? Okay, we're going to try something different tonight. I'm going to preach from five different stools. Just kidding. We're going to have something tonight called four by seven, and that's four guest preachers from within the Young Adults Leadership. They're going to preach for seven minutes, and uh, it's going to be amazing, and uh, it's, it's going to be dealing with the subject. What we want to look at tonight is overcoming disappointment, overcoming disappointment through faith in God, how Jesus can make a difference. Some of you maybe have already figured out that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean life gets easier or you don't experience disappointment. And so when you learn how to process that in faith and do that, uh, you know, in prayer and, and get really honest and real with God, it's a powerful thing. This past weekend, if you missed the Pursuit Weekend, you missed it. And next time we have one, I want to encourage you guys to get plugged in on it. But on the Saturday night at the altar time, there's this powerful word about just people who felt burnt. And uh, the whole word from uh, Isaiah where God says that he'll give us beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. And it was this idea of God exchanging the ash for beauty. And there's this powerful exchange that was happening here in the altar. And so I know that God does this. I know that God can actually really help us. And so we've got four uh, young adult preachers that are going to come and join me here on the platform. So I want you to give a great big welcome to Levi Clattenburg, Phil Samdas, (laughs) Becky Soppet, and Jocelyn Reed. And here they come. Woo! Yeah. All right, and so, I guess we'll go in the order that you're sitting. So, Levi Clattenburg, bring it in your Toronto Maple Leafs hat. Oh,
0: I'm gonna. (laughs) All All right, everybody, give a big hand for Levi Clattenburg. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate your claps. All right, so what I'm going to talk about today is I'm going to share a little bit about my story. But before I do that, I want to share a scripture. So everybody say Matthew. Matthew. 11.
1: 11.
0: 28.
1: 28.
0: Amazing. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Who, knew, who knows who said that? Jesus. You're right. Jesus said that. So my first point that I'm going to say, and you're going to want it this right, to write this down, is a yoke. We're not talking about eggs here. We are talking about not eggs. These aren't over easy eggs that we're talking about. This is something completely different. And Phil, if I could ask you, to just quickly uh, stand up here and be an example of what a yoke is. So give her a round of applause for her, Phil. Okay, so a yoke, not an egg, it is a wooden thing that you put around an animal's neck and it carries grain or you name it, it could carry coal it could carry anything. And Phil is not an animal. He is a lovely person, but I just thought this would be a great example of if I was a wooden cart. <laughs> Phil <laughs> Phil is I'm he's yoked to me right now. <laughs> See? Thank you, Phil. Yeah, One more yeah. round of applause for Phil. So that is a yoke. It's a wooden thing around an animal's neck. So what can we take from this scripture about um, yoking ourselves to Jesus, what can we take from this? My point number one is, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. We are all going to serve something. And when I was thinking about this, I thought about how how we often serve so many other things. We serve money, we serve People's affirmation, we serve, there's all sorts of things in this world that we can chase and we can serve and we carry the weight of these things. But Jesus is saying, when you yoke yourself to me, my burden is easy and I'm light. And so no matter what there is, no matter what you're walking through in this life, Jesus is the answer. So I want to share a little bit about my story and uh, it's just going to be a really quick version. But um, when, I was, like, when I was young, in my young, young adult years, I'm 29 now, so way back when, I spent most of my young adult years chasing people's affirmation. And there was words that were spoken over me when I was a kid that I clung on to and believed about myself that I would never be good enough. And so I yoked myself, I clung, and I carried the weight of always needing to get people's approval. And so I did all sorts of things to get that. And it wasn't until I found Jesus where I could let that anxiety, that disappointment that I felt, because I got to a point where I even got everything I wanted. I I was a musician, and I was in a successful place. Um, I was getting Instagram followers. I was getting all these things and I, was, and I was young, and I just, I was disappointed. I got it, and I was, I was disappointed. And I'm so thankful that I had that, because there's, there's a thing that happens. I'm sure you guys have heard of the midlife crisis. And um, I was so glad that at a young age, I got what I wanted, because I think a midlife crisis is this idea of, you're chasing this idea that when I have this thing, when I have this, I am going to be happy. I'm gonna be filled with joy. And I got everything I wanted at a young age, and I wasn't happy. I wasn't filled with joy. I was disappointed. And so I'm here to say to you tonight that Jesus is enough. Right. And when you take when you take on his weight and you, you work for him, you're not no longer working for people's affirmation, you're no longer working for people for money, you're no longer working for For the things of this world, you're working for him. There's purpose. And he's with you on the journey. That's one thing I learned is he's with me on this journey of life. Mm -hmm. So number two, if you're taking notes. When we take on Jesus' yoke, we walk differently. Jesus in the scripture says, learn from me. This means that when we start to walk with Jesus, when we're tethered to him, we actually start to learn his ways. And we become more like how he wants us to be and what it means to live with purpose. This means that what we start to dream about changes. This means that our idea of success changes. Our idea of success is no longer all about the money. It's how can I bring glory to his name, the name that saved me, the name that changed me, So success looks different with Jesus. And success from the world's point of view doesn't satisfy. Pastor Matt talked about um, a few weeks back about how there's all these rock stars that have everything they want and they end up taking their own lives. And that's because the things of this world don't satisfy. So sometimes... What I've found is in my own life, and I think we all do this, is disappointment can cause us to take on things, yokes we could call them, that we shouldn't and make us believe things that we shouldn't. And I actually think sometimes because of these disappointments, we end up walking kind of like in two different directions. And with two yokes, you try to add Jesus into the ideas of you can still have everything that this world can give you. And you try to add Jesus to it. And let me just paint a picture. I think that's a good way to get your head ripped off. Like I think that's a really good way to get your head ripped off. You're walking in two different directions. Two yokes are pulling you. Boom. No more head. So we can't partially walk with Jesus. Once you take on his yoke, you have to let go of the other things. You have to let go of the other things. And let me tell you, walking with him is the only thing that will satisfy our weariness. Right. OK, number three: Jesus is a kind. Jesus is a kind master. How am I doing for time? Eight seconds. Eight seconds. All right. Jesus is a kind master. Um, and so walking with him, living for him, is the answer to everything you can ever find in this life. All the other things don't 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 matter. And so I just encourage you today, take on his yoke, walk with him, and you won't be disappointed with what you find. Keep wow. your eyes fixed on him even when the world starts to call you into another direction. Stay the course. Yes.
1: Come on. Good word. Thank you Pastor Levi. All right, next up is Jocelyn Reed. Give her a big hand, everybody. Woo!
2: All right. Hey, everyone. So good to be here. So good to see you. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my cordage sorted out. Um, my name is Jocelyn. And I just wanted to say I'm really excited for tonight and just believing that God is here to do an amazing work. And I just want to invite you guys to lean in, not because I'm talking or any of us are talking, but because he has something for you tonight. All right. So we are looking at overcoming disappointment, and I'm going to be talking about being fueled by faith in God's promises through and out of disappointment. So if you could turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19. And some brief context. So we are going to meet Elijah. Elijah is a prophet who has been called by God to bring God's word to the people of Israel in a time where the people are worshipping false gods. And the king Ahab and his wife Queen Jezebel are ruling and they are very wicked. Elijah has just finished Facing off with the prophets of Baal. And after God's power has been shown, he kills all of the false prophets. This then means that Queen Jezebel sends people after Elijah to kill him. And Elijah flees. He comes to Mount Horeb, which is a place of meeting with God in the Bible. uh, And he begins to share his disappointment with God. And that's where we pick up. We're going to start at verse 11. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram. Also, anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel. And anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel, Mahola, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Haziel, And Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel. All whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. All right. So what can we learn about moving through and overcoming disappointment from this passage? The first thing is that God cares about your disappointment. God asks Elijah why he is there. Not because God doesn't know. God knows all things. But to give Elijah the opportunity to unburden his heart. And you'll read before the verses we read that Elijah shares with God repeatedly. Elijah's processing and moving through it with God. The second thing is that God comes to encounter you just as he does Elijah, and he draws near to you as you share your disappointment with him. So there's an invitation of God to come to him, to share your disappointment with him, to unburden your heart, and to encounter him in that place, in the midst of your disappointment, to know that he's drawing near to you. And then the third thing that I want to spend a little bit more time on this evening is that God has a better word over your disappointment and he wants to speak specifically into it. And we see him do this with Elijah. He speaks specifically into Elijah's disappointment by promising a companion, a fran- friend, and a successor, Elisha, for the work that Elijah's doing in the midst of Elijah feeling lonely and tired and like he's the only one left. He promises a new king after the wicked. King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. He promises justice in the midst of injustice. And he promises Elijah that he's not alone and that God is preserving a remnant within Israel. So tonight I want to encourage you, wherever you are, I know that disappointment isn't a stranger, but God is such a close friend, and he has such good promises for you. So grab hold of the promises of God for your life, moving forward in faith despite your circumstances, trusting him and knowing that he goes with you. So I want to wrap up with some of the promises that God has for your life. Before we do this, really briefly, I want to share one of my own experiences. Over a year and a half ago, I was in a car accident, and in that car accident, I got a concussion. And so within that, there's initial disappointment, um, loss that comes initially, and loss that comes as I've continued to experience limitations while I'm still waiting for full healing. And so while my circumstances haven't changed, I've been able to overcome disappointment knowing that God's promises for my life are true. I know that he is a good plan for my life that cannot be thwarted. And I know that his timing is perfect and that he is the good healer. And I know that someday I will have full healing. And so I trust him and his timing in the meantime. It doesn't mean I don't still sometimes feel disappointed, but it's about coming to God with that, knowing that he will encounter me in that and he has every single time and then moving forward in faith. So in closing, I want to share just some of the promises of God for your life. I want to encourage you to lean into these promises and grab hold of them tonight. Some of the words I'm going to share, they might sound familiar, and that's good. We should be familiar with the promises of God, but don't let them pass you by. Grab hold of them. Yeah, that's good. The first is that God fulfills his promises. God does not lie, and he is faithful to his word. God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God throughout all of scripture, throughout all of history, who redeems and restores and heals. God will give you beauty for ashes, just as was shared earlier. God gives us rest when we are weary, just as was also shared. Goodness and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life, God's word says. Every single day, not maybe, but surely they will follow you every single day. God is going to be with you always. The God of the universe, the creator of everything is with you always. And he's for you. He's on your team. He's on your side. And he's so for you. And God is going to make everything new. He's going to wipe, wipe away every tear that you have ever cried from your eyes because of the brokenness and the disappointment that you've experienced. And he's going to make everything new. All of the sources of brokenness will be renewed and redeemed. Amen. So my last thought for you tonight. The enemy's agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of his ways of doing that is through disappointment. Disappointment. But Jesus, who has all authority and victory over the enemy, has come that you would have abundant life. Right. So believe him, believe his promises, and draw near to him in disappointment that you would move forward, fueled by faith, having encountered and knowing that he is good, his love endures forever, and his promises are true. Thank right. you.
1: Amen. So good. Yeah. Great word, Jocelyn. Awesome! Give it up for Phil Samdas.
3: Hey, everyone. I'm uh, Phil Samdas. I'll tell you guys a little bit about myself first. Uh, I grew up in the church. Um, right now, I uh, I own a construction company with my brother. Um, been in church for a while now. We did uh, I did internship last year and uh, serve in. Different areas in the church with kids, men, worship, drumming, this and that. Um, I think it's a wild season that we're in. Um, and this weekend of focusing on overcoming and uh, pinpointing on disappointment, all these things. I feel like there's been there's been one thing after another that has been kind of leading up to this night. And I really feel like there's a lot of breakthrough for people here tonight. Um, I want to uh, first read Romans Romans 8.28 which says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. I picked the scripture verse tonight because in my life I feel like and God gives you a dream and he gives you a vision and the journey from a to actual destiny is very hard. I feel like you go through something that almost looks like your destiny, something that looks close to what God has promised for you, and it gets stripped away. And this is where disappointment comes and you feel like what God had intended for you wasn't actually something. And then you start to harden your heart from these things. These are these are things that will push you away from the destiny that God has for you. But it is not what God intended. I want to speak into uh, Joseph, the story of Joseph, how, uh, how his story started off with a dream and a vision. And uh, as any young person, they would get excited and he'd go screaming at the top of his lungs about what God has told him. And in this moment, he was telling his whole family that they were going to bow to him. And uh, this caused bitterness in the heart of his brothers. And this ended up sending Joseph through this spiral of events when God had promised so much for him. He found himself at, as a servant scrubbing floors where in any one situation you would think that you'd be angry, you'd be bitter, you'd be upset. You'd be going into this place just complaining the whole time. But I think Joseph understood the vision that God had for him, and the dream that he had for him. And he held on to that rather than holding on to bitterness. He held on to his strength and his character and his heart that God had for him. Instead of holding on to the situation where this was an opportunity for him to either go into bitterness and into uh, depression and anger. Or to hold on to God's word and his promise and stand strong with God. There was one thing that happened with Joseph where he was talking about, sorry, in the Bible where every time he went through something and said God was with him. So that means that Joseph was with God. So that means he was in a one-on-one relationship with him through these seasons. So after this, as if his life wasn't bad enough, his integrity held strong, but someone pulled and called him into something else and he fought and it ended up throwing him into jail, which is another thing that could have caused resentment, caused bitterness. He he could yelled at God. But in this season, he, had, he continued to stay close to God. And doing things with all diligence, he became top of that place. So even though his dream was here and he was on this end of his life, he so easily could have just laid there and cried his heart out and be upset and yell at this person and fight with this person. But he decided to stay in close relationship with God because he held on to the promise that God had for him. So I want to I talk about a little bit of personal uh, testimony um, just in my life of, I think everyone, I'd say almost everyone here wants to be in a relationship one day um, if they've not tried to be in a relationship. Um, I feel like this is something that God has so blessed us in our heart and such a passion and such a dream uh, to partner with someone. And I feel like this is the main point that we fall into disappointment because we know it's something that God's blessed for us, it's something that he wants for us. It's something that we almost want to create in our own heart. Um, but these, these situations that we go through, instead of trying to work on our character and build ourselves as a person, we kind of jump into something that feels right. And uh, it's so close to what God has for us that it pulls, when things don't go well, it destroys our hearts. It almost feels like you lose half of your heart and you're so torn. If you want to be angry with God and not talk to anyone ever again, or you have an opportunity to go on your face and cry out before God, and say, This is what you wanted for me. This is what you wanted to bless me with. Why did this happen? I think that's an invitation for us to grow deeper with God and grow in our character, just like Joseph, when he he had a vision, he had a dream, and he held on to that, but in disappointment, he had a choice to either grow closer with God or grow in bitterness I feel like these are opportunities that we could all hold on to where in a relationship if it doesn't work we have the opportunity to to hold on to bitterness and to hold on to uh, hold on to disappointment or we could dig our roots deep into God fall on our face right. cry out to him yeah. reach out to him and uh, those are the things that strengthen our foundation yeah. right. those are things that we almost dig a af- bigger foundation for our lives so that God could build with us. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You have the choice to grow deeper with God or the choice to go further from God and going further from God will shorten your foundation for what he wants to build in your life. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Um, This weekend, Joel was talking about um, I'm not sure if you're here on Sunday, but he was talking about um, going to the other side. So Joshua Mm -hmm. Joshua, this was after Moses, and Moses was promised uh, to go into the promised land, but he was not faithful to God. So Joseph, sorry, Joshua was, was ready. He had his sword ready this whole time, and he prepared his heart in this whole season, and he was sitting there waiting for God to tell him to move. Um, I feel like you saying yes to those areas in your life and building your foundation is you anticipating God to say, okay, now cross the river. So when that time actually comes, you're ready to step forward and you're yeah. ready to build. Right. Right. Um, sweet. Seven minutes, okay. So I want to do a, a quick uh, takeaway what I've done in uh, disappointment. <laughs> um, when I go through disappointment, or I go through trauma, or I go through hurt, I go through pain. Kathy um, Brown actually taught me this in internship. Um, she said, write down everything that you're feeling. So it'll start off as maybe hurt, disappointment, uh, pain, and then you'll start writing down some weird stuff like not good enough or um, worthless, all these things, certain things that don't make sense to what you're going through. And I've noticed that once you pinpoint those things, you understand where your root issues and your root trauma is, and you can actually work on those things with God so that you could go to the root of your issues. Um, Yeah. It's like...
1: (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Felice. All right, and last but not least, Becky it! Yeah.
4: My cordage needs to be on the left, because I'm <laughs> left-handed. All right, yeah, hi, guys. Uh, I'm Becky. And, yeah, I'm really honored to be speaking here tonight. I think it's really sweet that like all of us are really touching on the same things and it just shows how the Holy Spirit is just working here in hearts. Um, So yeah, I'm also gonna be talking about how to move through disappointment with the Lord. So I wanna start by just setting up some scenarios. So imagine you applied for a job, fully expecting to get it and the phone doesn't ring or you have a great date with someone and then they don't follow up or you put your trust in a friend or a mentor and they end up letting you down. If you've experienced any of these things, then you have experienced disappointment. Proverbs 13, 12 calls disappointment hope deferred. And disappointment, it comes in many forms, but it really boils down to loss. Loss of hope in something, loss of a person, loss of dreams that were once full. Disappointment happens because we live in a fallen world. Today, I'm going to talk about what we do when we experience disappointment. So turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Just to set the stage for some context here, this story is about David. He wasn't king yet. Uh, He was a bodyguard for a Philistine, um, and he wanted to go to battle with this man. Him and his army was rejected. So when they were on their, they were returning home uh, from this rejection, and they were already experiencing really high levels of disappointment and fears of failure. So when they got home, they find that their wives and children had been taken. David's wife and child had been taken. And in their grief, David's men turn on him and they want to kill him. So we're going to start on verse, at verse 3 of First Samuel chapter 30. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives had also been taken captive, Ahonim of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So the three things that I think are really important to highlight in this passage is the importance of grief, Mm -hmm. guarding your soul against bitterness, and most importantly, strengthening yourself in the Lord. So to begin, we're going to talk about why grief is so important. God cares so deeply about our pain. Holy Spirit is referred to as the Wonderful Counselor. Jesus wept at the loss of his friend. So all three parts of the Godhead know and experience grief and know what it feels like. When something painful happens in our lives, my first question is almost always, why? Why did this happen? Why would God allow this to happen? Where was God when this happened? But my heart is really saying, how can I trust you now that this has happened? I have a bit of hard truth for everyone, but I believe that we can take it. We can see God in difficult circumstances because he is always with us. If we only see God in our good circumstances, then he is not our God. He is our cosmic vending machine. We can hold on to the truth of being deeply disappointed and in so much pain while also acknowledging him as Lord and as the one who loves us more than we will ever know. Ephesians 1 verse 18 says that he has given confident hope to the ones he has called. God has given us confident hope even though he knows that we are going to experience incredibly painful things within our lives. In fact, Jesus tells us that we will. Right, right. In John 16, it says that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Yeah. Yeah. So something, so somehow we are called to have confident hope amidst circumstances that are painful, disappointing, and hard. So the question is this. How do we grieve circumstances and loss without losing hope in the one who will never abandon us? Yeah. We hold grief in one hand and hope in the other. Sometimes the only thing to say is this sucks, and this is so painful. But at the same time, we must remind ourselves of his goodness, and that his goodness is not at all contingent on our circumstances. Even when our feelings are disappointed, disappointed, we know that he is good, and that he is with us, and both of these things can be true at the same time. The second important part of this passage is to guard your soul against bitterness. If you do not allow your soul space to grieve, it will grow bitter. And I've seen so many people have horrific things happen in their life, and then the next day they're just like, ah, that was yesterday. I don't need to worry about that. New day, new me, we're fine. Well, not facing your pain does not mean that you won't have pain anymore. All it means is that other people will face your pain. It will come out in other ways. So you need to feel your emotions or other people will feel your emotions because they will spill out in your relationships. (laughs) So let out your grief, let out your emotions and let it out before the Lord. That is the safest way to do it. And he is the only one who has the power to heal inner wounds. Come on. He is so good at this. And if you do not acknowledge your disappointment before the Lord, then you are not giving him the space to work in those circumstances. Romans 8 that Phil talked about says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, who are called according to his purpose. And if you allow bitterness to seep into your heart, then you will miss the things that God has for you in seasons of disappointment. Now, the third most important point is that David strengthened himself in the Lord. We are called to strengthen ourselves in the Lord when we are experiencing disappointment. It is a biblical principle. Often, as young adults, we're so fast to go to our support system, our friends, our pastors, our therapists, our community... Part of spiritual maturity is moving from others first to God first. If your community is worth its salt anyway, they're going to be pointing you to the Lord. But why not just go to God? Strengthen yourself in the Lord. This is all David had in this situation. And it is such a good example of what we are also called to do. Sometimes we don't have access to the people that we think that we need. But that is a gift because it allows us to look to the Lord. God does not always answer why painful things happen. In fact, I've found that he almost never does. But he always asks, he always invites us to ask those difficult questions because in this process of us asking and going to him and strengthening ourselves in him, he reveals more of his heart, more of his character, and he changes your perception of basing who he is on what your circumstances are. A wise friend once told me and this is kind of cheesy but it's cute. Our disappointments are God's appointments. And although God always doesn't always answer why, oh I lost my spot. <laughs> he is always extending an invitation to trust him and he's always calling us into deeper relationship with him. Yeah. So somehow in understanding our human condition, our pain and caring so intimately for our hurt, He still asks us to put our spirit first and to strengthen ourselves in him. Putting your spirit first does not negate the pain. All it does is provide an avenue for God to show us himself in a new way. Thank you.
1: Come on. Awesome. Come on, let's hear it for all four of these preachers. Woo. So good. All right, you guys can go ahead and take your seats as well. And we're going to, I'm going to preach now for an hour. No, I'm just kidding. Um, We're going to uh, turn you guys loose in pods, and uh, Lewis is going to come and explain that in a sec. And uh, yeah, you guys can come on up. Just one of the things that I think will be really important as we go through the, the steps of building community, which is so important, is understanding that part of healthy spiritual community when it comes to processing disappointment. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says that we need to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And what I've learned is this. When you're rejoicing, like when you're having a good time, someone who's weeping is a buzzkill. And when you're weeping and you're going through a difficult time, someone who's like laughing and just kind of having their best life is just kind of rubbing salt in your wounds. And part of what is healthy spiritual community is not just weep when you feel like it and rejoice when you feel like it. But the Bible says we need to do these things simultaneously, that we actually learn how to weep when we're not feeling like weeping, and we learn how to rejoice when we don't feel like rejoicing. It's one of the ways that we don't get stuck in the low moment is that we allow, you know, someone else's good day and, and their victory or their testimony is actually encouraging you to say, okay, like... I'm not going to be stuck in this pit forever. God is still good. But it's also important for when when you are on a mountaintop and someone is feeling low to actually remember to receive your good time with humility. But also to lean into someone else's pain and understand that that you want to walk with people well. The better we do this, the better we do church. This is like one of the guiding principles of spiritual family. And so I think as we dig into this tonight in the pods, it's going to be really powerful and uh, digging into everything that was shared. So give it up for Lewis and Megan.
0: Thanks for listening to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountYA. Have an amazing week, and we hope to see you soon.